1: Hello, it's good to be with you. We are talking about putting faith into action today, whether it's the issue of abortion, porn, embryonic stem cell research, so many topics that will come up, even including the consumption of media, dating, among other issues, and how our faith really is meant to be fused together with all of our daily interactions. Today, my guest is Michael Kenny. He is the co-author of a new book that I absolutely love. It's called In God We Trust, Morally Responsible Investing. He's also an attorney, an educator with many years behind him working in Catholic education. He was the co-executive producer of the recent movie Unplanned. He was involved in the dating project, and it is wonderful to have you with us here on Trending today, Michael.
2: Timmery, it is my pleasure, and congratulations on this wonderful show.
1: Thank you. I'm really looking forward to diving in deeper to this issue. So the book that recently came out, In God We Trust, that you were involved in with George Shorts, you guys are talking about the important issue of investing our money and leaving a legacy, not so much for, you know, the impact we had on the world but more so feeding into the community, feeding into goodness, into our families. And, you know, we hear throughout scripture themes such as where your treasure is there also your heart will be. We hear the parable of the talents of making sure you do something with the money that you do have and even the sign of the widow's might. All of these point to the importance of money in our culture. What are your kind of introduction? thoughts with regard to this book, and God We Trust.
2: Well, it was a great pleasure to be part of this project. As you so well pointed out, money is the way in which our world works. We have an exchange in the free market system that enables us to present our talents and receive compensation for that. And as a result, a culture unfolds, civilization unfolds, but so too, Timory, the way in which you invest your money, that impacts uh, how certain industries grow and, and others that may not.
1: So let's talk about what morally responsible investing is, because I think this is one of those areas people sometimes don't ever think about. I think today's a modern ideology about investing in a company. You know, we think about things, you know, do they go green? Are they socially responsible in the community? Are they tolerant? This is what the modern world standards are for investing. But in fact, a Catholic moral responsible idea of investing looks very different.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I am so uh, proud to be able to say that George Swartz is the person that coined that expression, morally responsible investing. And you know, to get an insight on that, it might be worth telling a little background to George. Would that be okay? Of course. Well, so about 20 years ago, he was approached by concerned Catholics who said, you know, we are seeing uh, our investments being placed with entities that we've later found out are somehow supporting aspects of the culture that are really ultimately taking down our culture, and we, we don't want to be involved in that. And yet there is not a product out there that allows us to separate out, segment out these kinds of industries. And so is it possible for you to create a mutual fund that would give us the peace of mind that our retirement money, the hard-earned money that we're saving and investing is not – even inadvertently advancing the culture of death, to be quite blunt about it. And so that's when he came up with this notion of morally responsible investing.
1: I love it. And so from that was born Ave Maria Mutual Fund. And with the three predominant things that they focus on, making sure that they are not supporting in any way behind where they're investing money is they do not support any company that donates to things such as abortion, pornography, and embryonic stem cell research. And so staying true to the tenets of the Catholic faith within their investing principles.
2: That's right. Yeah. And uh, at the time that this all came about, But it wasn't clear that you would be able to separate those things out because, unfortunately, there's so much commingling of economies today. It's a sophisticated, complex network of companies. And so uh, the first thing that George Schwartz needed to do was to create screens so that he could be very confident in telling those who invest in the Avi Murray Mutual Funds that they can be assured that, they're not even investing in companies that would donate to Planned Parenthood. Unfortunately, a lot of corporations uh, provide funding for Planned Parenthood. And then in the world of pornography, unfortunately, there are so many collateral entities associated with pornography, such as unfortunately uh, some hotels might have adult channels in their t- on their TVs, and so that would mean that you couldn't invest in those hotels. Given all that, though, he came up with the screen and. Uh, There are five different mutual funds. One of them is rated number one in this category. All five are outperforming the uh, standard. And so, you know, it's just a very, very uh, inspiring story.
1: Well, it's neat to see how he approaches this, you know, in a very professional way, talking to companies that he selects for investment. He actually writes a letter I was reading about in the book. And you can speak more to this, talking about why they chose the business for the business, but then getting into kind of acknowledging the and kind of stepping away from having been in any sort of contact with donating to abortion, pornography and embryonic stem cell research. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, Timory, that's so on point. The word professional is who George Schwartz is, and if your audience has an opportunity to see him uh, by looking him up on the Internet, there are a number of television interviews, national interviews that he has done, and he's just so well-spoken, so gifted, as it relates to taking complicated subjects and and making them uh, very clear. And so in the uh, area of selecting businesses that the albemir mutual funds will be investing in the first thing he and his team do is uh run these entities through a metrics that that really um, analyzes the strength of the company and the sustainability of the company and if the company passes that which is a professional thing to do uh, and it's a good investment that's when they then apply the moral screen to it if the company passes that, that's when that company receives a letter from the president of Aviva Mutual Fund, the CEO, who says in one page, congratulations, <laughs> you've been selected, and here's why we're selecting you, not only for your business strength, but also because of the way in which you're running your company.
1: So often we don't think enough about screening even companies that we want to work for, or even spend our money at, yet alone invest in. You know, I think that investing has become for some people who are investing on certain scales very quick and easy. You know, maybe they sign up today, especially younger generations, for one of the iPhone apps, right, smartphone apps, where you can kind of just quickly invest five dollars a month or thirty dollars a month, but you have no idea what companies you are That's investing correct. in. And yet we need to think of it more so in terms of the way that we look at giving with our time, talent and treasures. Well, with our time, we're dedicating, whether it's to a job, whether it's to people we're committing our time with, you know, visiting with talents, it's where we're giving our time in with work and treasure where we're giving financially. And so this screening process that George talks about in distancing from any type of giving, whether it's in time, talent and treasures for these important moral issues, it's something that we really do actually need to think about more when we're approaching multiple areas of our life.
2: That That is extremely well said. And in the context of the work that George does, he really enlightened me to the reality that when you invest in a company, you literally own that company. Now, mm-hmm. It may be a small portion of the company, but you, you literally own a piece of that company. And a great deal of responsibility comes with what you own. It's not a passive thing, you know. And so... Uh, You also, because you're a part owner of the company, you have an opportunity to influence the direction of the company. And so a big uh, positive aspect of this whole work that George has been doing the last 20 years is having an impact on the way in which companies operate. But it's so right to think of how we use our time, uh, the types of entities we work for, uh, those types of entities that we support with our treasure, all of that. Uh, accounts for who we are and where where our values are.
1: We're called to be good stewards, not just of what we have, but our very own lives. We were recently talking about the issue of suicide here on the show, and all of it ties into this topic of stewardship. And so often we think of our lives as ours, but in fact, we're just stewards of what we've been given in our life. And I look at some of the stewardship we've seen and people being willing to lean in in terms of financial issues right now. So we're seeing with the Ave Maria Mutual Fund and George Shorts, his work in where they're investing. But we also see this, for example, in a different way in Title 10 funding. There was, you know, a rule that was made that all Title 10 funding couldn't have any association with abortion or referring for abortion if you were to really receive this money. And so in a different way, it's showing a different let's say, type of a giving investment where it's saying, no, we stand the line. We will not be associated with abortion because it is morally unacceptable. It destroys a life, hurts the mother. It's a breakdown of the family. And look at the change. We just pulled all this funding out from underneath the feet of Planned Parenthood.
2: Yeah, that's a great, great, great point. And it's been so difficult politically to accomplish that. And great uh, amount of credit needs to go to the uh, work of President Trump and those associated with uh, his effort. Uh, so that's an example. Another example: some, some may have heard of the Mexico Accord, which is uh, international funds that are, are funds that are used to support international uh, aid uh, under the Panamby administration. Under pro-abortion administrations, uh, millions of dollars go that way, and when we have pro-life presidents, uh, that's typically withdrawn. So. Uh, It's a huge issue and there's so much money involved, it's a very
1: important question. What a neat book. We're talking about the book In God We Trust, written by George Schwartz and my guest today, Michael O'Kenny. And it's important to remember the great influence not only that governments can have in changing of policies, removal of Title X funding from Planned Parenthood and overseas funding to abortion, but also where you invest your own money with not only where you're earning money, but where you are putting your money in to gain greater gain for you and your future family.
0: Timmery will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timmery. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. You're listening to Trending with Timmery, where morality and culture meet, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics.
1: We're talking about the issue of smart and responsible investing. George Schwartz and his co-author Michael O'Kennedy, in the book In God We Trust talk about morally responsible investing. I wanna turn gears here. There are three things that they do not support in any company having any association. That's abortion, pornography, and also embryonic stem cell research. Turning to the issue of abortion, Michael Kenny, let's talk about abortion money and where we're seeing this influence in multiple places in the culture right now. Can you speak to that?
2: Absolutely, and this would be the subject of an entire show, as you can imagine. Uh, the decision to legalize abortion um, in the United States has really crushed every aspect of who we are as a nation because it denies the fundamental principle upon which our country was founded, and that is that. We are all created equal, equal in the sense that we are provided with an equal opportunity to live out our lives and and the talents, as you said at the end of last segment. And the moment of creation is not in in question. We know that life begins at conception, and so once you deny that fundamental truth, every aspect of society suffers. Uh, Obviously, the unborn child and the mother and the father— but also, frankly, the monetary system, the judicial system, the medical system, the education system, the political system. And so we're seeing the deconstruction of our culture as a result of this.
1: You know, looking at this, Michael, it's this moral depravity that's occurring, and you can't help but see, not just here in the United States, but worldwide, this ushering in of a communist and socialist type of mindset, hand in hand with abortion. You know, we can't have communism and socialism without a radical feminist type of idea supporting contraception and abortion. We see this rejection of God. We see this rejection of the human person. And you see this following internationally of laws, you know, decriminalizing. And contraception, allowing and being permissive with the different types of porn that are seen on television. We see this association to no-fault divorce, and you know we tie it all the way to the point where now we're saying, well, you can marry anyone you want. doesn't matter, male or female. We're getting to the point where it'll end up being multiple people if we continue down this path. And it really comes from this communist idea that we've rejected God and and so now we're reduced to matter, and if we're just a bunch of matter, nothing matters anymore. And this is why abortion has become something that we so blasély support financially today.
2: Yeah, you're, no, you're absolutely right. And logically and legally, all of the concepts you just mentioned have a relationship. Let's begin with the uh, Soviet Union, which uh, started uh, on October 13, 1917, and... When that communist state came to be, one of the early laws, first in the world, that they established was the legal right to have an abortion. And unfortunately, I don't think many people are aware of that, but you're so right to point out that at the heart of communism is this notion that human beings don't matter. God does not exist, and therefore the disposal of the most innocent of human beings is one of the very first things that occurs in a communist state. You see in China the one-child policy where families are are told by the state that they are forced to abort their children, and uh, you have total chaos that unfolds. So, regrettably, the concept of contraception is directly related to abortion. It was... uh, the law on contraception that preceded and made abortion possible and then 20 years after the abortion decision when the supreme court is now revisiting roe versus wade because now it's very clear that life begins at conception that was the basis upon which the 73 decision occurred not uncertainty about that uh, but 20 years later they say well because contraception is so embedded in the culture We need to keep abortion as a backup to contraception. And this is almost verbatim what the court says in the decision. So the funding that goes with all of this is tragically critical to why this um, horrendous circumstance continues.
1: Well, and if you look kind of at the platform as well that we saw in communist Russia, their abortion numbers are staggering i don't have the number in front of me but i think we were seeing an average of like four or five abortions per, wo- per woman uh, and it was something that was pressured onto them it was the law of the land, and they knew that they could not have the communist regime that they had if they did not have abortion. And I mean, that's why we get to the point where I mean, China. You mentioned China as well with their one-child or quote-unquote two-policy, um, two-child policy now, and they have the highest suicide rate for women in the world, where more women than men are committing suicide. And it's this idea of lost motherhood, the reduction of the person again to just material needs and production rather than the self-giving gift of human life. And rearing that new life.
2: So true. You're not only destroying an innocent human being, but you're destroying the soul and the heart of the father and the mother, and then ultimately the family. And it's, um, it's, it's frankly, it's diabolical. It's just a destruction of uh, the human existence as it should be.
1: You're listening to Trending with Ray. My guest today is a Michael Kenny. He is an attorney. He's one of the people behind the new movie, Unplanned. We're talking about the topic of abortion and kind of Following the money trail, one of the key insights in his new book that he co-authored with George Schwartz is that morally responsible investing has to be a fundamental part of who we are as Christians. Can you dive a little deeper into some of those keen insights you guys re- and why you wanted to make sure that more people heard about morally responsible investing?
2: Absolutely. And you touched on it in the first segment when you talked about the passage that where your heart is, or I'm sorry, where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. So, how we spend our money is uh, indicative of what our real values are. And so, there are a couple of dimensions of this. There are those for whom they want to have the peace of mind that none of their hard earned money is somehow supporting these um, horrible circumstances, such as pornography or abortion, and so. Uh, in order to have that peace of mind, you really have to search out a fund such as the Avi Maria Mutual Fund where you can be absolutely assured that you're not supporting those industries. And then, uh, in addition to that, uh, there's kind of the reality that why would you want your money to help uh, these entities stay in business, <laughs> you know, because they're ultimately destroying our culture. So. Um, so I, it took uh, a, a leader such as George Schwartz to really step back and understand how is it that we can make available to people this uh, robust vehicle? And now, uh, Timory there are um, investors in all 50 states, over 2.2 billion dollars invested in these pro-life funds, and you know, great progress is unfolding.
1: You're influencing corporate America. You're not just talking about small Catholic organizations. You, through Ave Maria Mutual Fund, and anyone who's really volunteering their mindset into investing, morally responsible investing, are seeing that they're able to make a change because there have been companies who have changed their minds with regard to positions on things such as being publicly outspoken about marriage, right? And whether it's between one man and one woman and based on influence at times have been willing to pull back presenting that issue at the forefront of their company. And we live in a time where it's so important to everyone that we're socially aware, yet we're polarizing two sides against each other. Now, here's one of the issues, though, is people try to pull away from this and sometimes lessen their culpability. And I think a lot of people are unaware. Michael, I find people will say, well, my money doesn't really go to pay for that. I don't choose to donate my money to abortion through this company. I am investing in this company. And, you know, my money goes to other things. What would you say in response to that?
2: Well, the reality is, uh, Money is kind of a fancy word, fungible. That means that once you invest that money, you have no control over it. It it definitely does support whatever entities are being supported with that funding. So uh, you may try to argue that it's not, but it's intricately involved. And so uh, once you realize that, then you have a decision to make. You have to say, is this something that I support? Is this where my heart is? Is this in the best interest of my family, my children? Uh, the community, and you know, I think objectively, people of good faith would have to say, No, it's not, and therefore, if there's a legitimate alternative, I ought to pursue that.
1: One of the things that stood out to me in the book when talking about abortion is that George Shorts was discussing with you in the book how essentially through Roe v. Wade, it depersonalized the child. And it was talking about how, you know, essentially if a law was to change, and we know this, if a law was to change to get grant personhood status to the unborn child, Roe v. Wade would completely unwind and it would change the landscape of the pro-life issue and the lives that are saved. However, what stood out to me is that in the topic of abortion, we depersonalize the unborn and therefore we depersonalized any type of attachment or association we might have to morally elicit things that companies do. Well, I'm not supporting it. I'm not having the abortion. I'm personally opposed. I'm not, you know, directly giving my money to that. This depersonalization has occurred yet. At the heart of the issue, the reason why you guys are really talking about morally responsible investing as being away from abortion is because it is personal. It destroys the life of a baby. And that moment where it had to do with the impersonal versus personal really became very real to me with regard to investing here.
2: Well, I'm so glad that you picked up on that. And I think that there's something about money that people tend not to want to discuss freely. And I'm, perhaps as a result, we tend not to examine it as closely as we need to. But there's no getting around the reality that if you're investing in an entity that is supporting Planned Parenthood or some other aspect of abortion, you're directly involved. And that's the time where you've got to run away from that.
1: Please do follow me on Instagram. I love sharing stories and thoughts and musings throughout the week, even if it's a venting about a new children's show that is promoting a gay marriage. We've got to talk about it. So you can find me at Timory. that's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E.
0: You can listen to more of trending via the podcast on iTunes or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes. You're listening to Trending with Timmery.
1: I'm so happy to bring to you our latest sponsor and supporter here of Trending, that's Solidarity Health Share. Solidarity Health Share is simple. They work to help members pay for affordable and quality health care by enabling the community to share in each other's eligible medical expenses. So it's ethical solution to the health care crisis and it's pro life. Solidarity is the only health care sharing ministry that actually shares in NAPRO technology and other natural family planning associated costs. So you can find more about solidarity at solidarityhealthshare dot org. My guest today is Michael Kenny. He is the co-author of the book in God We Trust. Now there are three things that they talk about that is a morally responsible investing that you must not support. That's abortion, pornography, and embryonic stem cell research. I want to dive into the topic of pornography a little bit and tie it into some of the influence we're seeing in the media right now, Michael. One of the things that you recently faced as a co-executive producer of the movie Unplanned was that, in fact, Unplanned the movie was given an R rating. Can you talk a little bit about that? we we'll tie it into the porn issue. Sure,
2: sure. So the movie... Unplanned is a true story that presents in a very delicate way the reality of that true story. Yes, abortion is a key aspect of the person's story. The person had worked for Planned Parenthood, observed uh, the reality of an abortion, and that changed her mind forever. And so when we uh, created the film, we were anticipating that the film would be rated perhaps PG or PG 13, uh, but that didn't occur that way. It came out as an R rating, which created the sort of unreal circumstance that a person could, in fact, be old enough to have an abortion without their parents' knowledge or consent, but not see this movie without their parents' knowledge or consent. And so that would be um, just sort of twisting the whole notion of pornography. This is um, presenting in a delicate way. Uh, the tragedy of abortion, it was not in any way exploited.
1: Now in the book, you guys talk about how ratings in the United States began to change and how essentially, or sorry, not ratings, but um, the allowance for pornography. And to me, it really reminded me of how ratings change because there used to be organizations that would really filter through what type of images were seen on TV. And often Christians were involved in this. Yeah, here we are. And I will say, um, plan is pretty graphic. It's hard to watch, you know, you would kind of expect that PG 13 rating, but I was in the movie theater the other day and I was absolutely disappointed made. A movie that had a PG rating. I went to see the newest movie for Downton Abbey. PG rating and yet they had two men making out on the screen among other things. And I'm sorry but you have kids coming in to see the movie. There was a preview before the movie for a nude gallery and I was just so surprised that here is actually a PG movie yet the mentality was so twisted in terms of what is and what isn't okay to see anymore and this really does tie into what We've allowed with pornography. We've become so desensitized that our moral kind of standard for what we see on television has completely gone away.
2: Yeah, that is so true. And in the case of Unplanned, one of the roadblocks that occurred once the industry labeled Unplanned as an R rating is that our trailer could not appear to a very important target audience high school people at the theaters who would not, uh, unfortunately, be able to see the trailer and therefore know that this film was coming out because once you have an R rating, you can only be shown to uh, other films that are also R-rated. So in the example you've just given, it it couldn't be more upside down uh, that the exploitation of the human person in uh, pornographic ways uh, and distorted ways is literally causing a public health crisis.
1: And you would see more in a movie that's PG-13. I mean, you can see so much. It's so scandalous. And people make this comparison between soft porn and hard porn. Yet a lot of our PG-13 movies and even a lot of television shows have so much exposure in terms of what is quote unquote acceptable. I'm shocked by it. And this is part of the reason why morally responsible investing Upholds that pornography can't be supported because that too has become very embedded in how companies are investing in porn. Can you talk about that? Because I don't think a lot of people see the connection.
2: Sure. Yeah, no, the the depersonalization that occurs and the objectification that occurs in pornography is so exploitative. It is the beginning of the disregard for civilization. And Unfortunately, there are addictive qualities to pornography which make it, from a commodity standpoint, something uh, quite uh, lucrative. Uh, so as a result, um, there are a number of different uh, entities that are connected to the porn industry. There are advertising firms. There are hotels that might be showing adult films in, in their hotels. Uh, there are There's this whole dimension of... Uh, of children being kidnapped and then brought into this industry, and uh, so in the law there was an effort to make a distinction, as you say, between soft porn, hard porn, uh, obscenity, and because we're defying logic, it also ultimately defies justice. So it's a it's a complicated mess that uh, needs to be unwound and hopefully it will at some point people will realize this is not a matter of free speech this is a matter of exploitation
1: so it's a good example kind of showing where the connection is so here people are investing into various marketing companies or let's say whether it's marketing it's advertising and they're like you're saying there's huge money connected to the porn industry because it has an addictive quality I hadn't even really thought about how that is actually really important for investing because a lot of major marketing companies, because there's money there, would be directly associated to pornography. And it it kind of blew my mind for a second there because I think most people aren't really thinking about that.
2: Yeah, it's subtle. And when products are being marketed, the concept is to try to find as wide an audience as possible and to attract as many people as possible. And so Regrettably, so much of what is being sold has some uh, effort to kind of attract eyes related to um, soft porn or, or, or worse. So it, it's uh, something that, as a culture, we really need to return to what the law used to refer to as community standards and raise our community standards and, and uh, allow really for a, a new spirit of freedom to take place where um, we're not enslaved by these addictions.
1: My guest today is Michael Kenny. He's an attorney. He's one of the people behind the movie Unplanned as a co-executive producer. He also wrote the recent book, In God We Trust, with George Shorts. Now, as we're talking about pornography more, and by the way, you're listening to Trending with Tim Ray, where we often talk about pornography. You can find other episodes where we get into some of the addictive qualities. We dive into help and in healing, whether it's a marriage or whatever it might be, from the harm of pornography. So you can find that at radiotrending.com. Just go under the search page. You can search any topic from porn to abortion, infertility, you name it. But what was standing out to me is that we're living in a time where Our conversations, our thoughts, kind of what we're investing in has become very superficial. And St. John Paul the Great talks about pornography and love and responsibility as saying the problem with pornography isn't that it shows too much, but that it shows too little. And I find that our conversations also do the same. The people we're willing to date does the same. And so you actually, Michael, were involved with this project called The Dating Project. And what stood out to me about this was in kind of the inception of The Dating Project, a teacher on Boston College, at Boston College, ended up talking about how she realized people were just diving into bed together, not even getting to know each other. And I think that's a sign of the pornified culture. We've become so superficial. We're not even thinking about things Yet, The Dating Project has brought back into the light this conversation about what dating actually should look like. Can you share more about The Project?
2: Sure. And and I would encourage listeners to think about looking up The Dating Project online because now there is a curriculum associated with that film, which is a four-part program that is designed for young adults to experience some of these qualities that you're referring to, Timory, And that is... We've objectified people to the degree that uh, pornography has kind of led to this, uh, this sort of deconstruction of the whole dating experience. There, There's uh, a very superficial, as you say. And so the idea behind the dating project is to step back and say, no, wait a minute, there are norms, there are ways of interacting, there are courtesies, there are kindnesses that need to return to the whole notion of dating and uh, And courtship and the true romance and the the true joy that can follow from all that has been um, deprived of so many people because of this uh, false notion of of, of what the dating project uh, now addresses, I, I think, in a very positive way.
1: I love some of the ideas behind the dating project and really the idea of giving guidelines. For example, you know, like you said, there are polite elements to how we're called to date in court and so on. But things I will never forget. I never learned what an A frame hug was until I was listening to one of the talks by the woman. You can remind me of right. her name by the professor who talked about what an A frame hug is. Professor Cronin. That's right. Yes, Professor that's right, Cronin. Professor Cronin, yes. Yeah, I had never known what an A frame hug is yet. I found as I was kind of growing up, especially becoming a teenager, you know, you started to learn who to avoid hugging fully, uh, because of this issue, but the A-frame hug, you know, and I find a lot of people don't know, you know, butt out, shoulders in so that there's no contact of the vital areas out of respect. But she talks about how, you know, certain things can make dating easier. You know, if you ask, you pay. I I love so much of the practical advice that was offered.
2: Just great practical advice, and it's sort of like table manners. These are things that need to be learned and taught in order for the next generation to really have an appreciation. And there's so much joy and um, authentic uh, good friendships that can unfold when done properly.
1: You can learn more about The Dating Project that we discuss also on Trending, but you can check it out. The Dating Project, it was a documentary that was put together, and Professor Cronin has incredible talks available there on YouTube as well if you want the how-to guide of dating in a culture that does not know how to date. People know how to fall into bed. They know how to do one-night stands. But dating, not so much. So why not go ahead and check it out? You never know what might help.
0: Timmery will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timory. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. You're listening to Trending with Timmery, where morality and culture meet, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics.
1: love Instagram. It's a great way to connect with you. So if you're listening, please go and follow me on Instagram at Timmery. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. I post videos and comments throughout the week on what's going on. And you can find links to the latest episodes of Trending. My guest today is Michael Kenny. He's an attorney. He's been involved in projects such as Unplanned, The Dating Project, and now this new book, Morally Responsible Investing, is a tagline. It's titled, In God We Trust, which you can find on Amazon. It's available through TAN Books as well. Michael, let's talk a little bit about Morally Responsible Investing and how that is only possible underneath an ideology of freedom and how through free trade we can actually choose what we are investing in from a morally and religious perspective.
2: That's absolutely true. It's uh, a way of really encouraging human flourishing, encouraging inventors to take a chance on creating a a product that they anticipate people would want to invest in, and that's how the quality of life improves. All of the wonderful benefits that we have in this country are ultimately connected to the combination of our very wise uh, government structure, a tripartite system with separation of powers, the federal versus the state uh, to try to balance out the temptation to corruption and power, as well as our commitment to authentic freedom, freedom in the marketplace, freedom to uh, pursue ideas and develop products that will improve lives. So. Uh, The combination of the free market system and the ability to invest is what makes uh, our country so successful and why everybody all over the world wants to be part of who we are.
1: Now, in contrast, we see in places such as uh, China and other areas where we've seen communism and socialism reign, this isn't possible. Can you talk a little bit about the comparison?
2: Sure. It's uh, night and day because in a socialistic communist system, the government, the state, a handful of people are in charge. They call it, they call it nationalizing industries. That is terrible on so many levels. It is contrary to the human nature. So if one turns over the production of industry to the state, that person no longer has an interest in really cultivating, as you said earlier, the stewardship principle. The incentive is completely lost. And that also cuts against the heart of who we are as human beings. We no longer have an incentive to try to make the product better because, well, there's really no gain that will come and so why not just put in your time as opposed to really trying to think through and improve. So it's more than just that you lose the ability to really succeed and pursue a great ideas. It also cuts into the soul of the people. And so uh the idea that we would even consider socialism in, in any way is a, such a dubious concept that I hope we all wake up and realize that uh, those who are advancing it are simply after having power, and having power. all of socialist states always end in tyranny and violence.
1: Well, what's fascinating to me, Michael, is when you look at it, the church actually has something to say about not only how we spend our money, but the different types of governments that exist. And if you look just for a second at the history of the church, we have documents such as *Rerum Novarum* among others that really point to the freedoms that are allowed for people when we have that respect for the human person. And it points to different types of regimes such as communism that have been so destructive for the human person, whether it's from the perspective of factory workers, whether it's from the perspective of the employees and the, and the employer, there's this contrast, and I love to see it because the Catholic Church really has thought about diving into the value that the human person has in all of these different areas.
2: Well, you're absolutely right. It's not, it's not a coincidence that the First Amendment is the aspect of the Constitution that protects the freedom of religion, the freedom to assemble, the freedom to speak, All of these freedoms are connected to a a respect for the dignity of the human person. If you consider the title of this book, uh, In God We Trust, that title would not be possible in a communist or socialist state, because to that way of thinking, there is no God. And and yet this is the model of our nation. In God We Trust is the model. This is who we are at the core of who we are. So to the extent that there are efforts to create a different kind of government structure. It's, um, it's a terrible disguise that needs to be exposed, and, and we need to return to an appreciation for the, the wonderful freedoms that we have.
1: You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray. My guest, Michael Kenney's book and God We Trust co-authored with George Shorts is available on Amazon and you can also find it through Tan Books and at your local Catholic bookstore, which is always really important to make sure you are supporting. I want to talk about this idea of value. It is distinctly American to have this freedom that we do from, like you said, writing the book and God We Trust, having the ideology of morally responsible investing and being able to actually live it out But where do we find value? Because here's the struggle. We live in a culture where we ourselves don't see that I am valuable. I don't find my own value. So why would where my money place any value either? Michael, you come from raising a number of children. Remind me, how many children do you have?
2: We have seven children.
1: Seven children, such a gift. How do you work to help teach your children this idea that not only do you have value, but your actions do, the way you invest, the media you consume? Can you talk a little bit about that, maybe share a story as well?
2: Oh, sure. So everything begins with who we are as a human being, and and our own Declaration of Independence points to who we are. We are made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore... We have an eternal destiny. Uh, from the moment of existence, we are a creation that's never existed before and that will never exist in the future. And so uh, we have been very committed to Catholic education because in Catholic education, all studies are ultimately pointing to the reality that the fullness of truth, that all of knowledge, ultimately links back to the Creator. And so once you experience the privilege of Catholic education and your Catholic faith, you have the potential for living a good life. And I, and we have so many resources associated with our faith to help us navigate what is often a confusing world. But um, in the end, we are happiest when we follow, uh, the let's say, the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes, which are designed to be instructions for living life well, living it with great flourish and value, and then seeing that in other people, and it has this domino effect where suddenly you have a whole room full full of joy because you're celebrating each other's uh, accomplishments.
1: What advice do you have, Michael, for people, I know, our experience in California, and I know this is a struggle for a lot of the Catholic schools, uh, the students have become increasingly more secularized, and the student culture has become very secular and sexual, that a lot of people don't find that some of their Catholic schools are an option. What advice and words do you have in that area for people who are exploring this?
2: Sure. Also, I would... Uh, recommend is a tremendous resource, and I'm doing work with the Cardinal Newman Society. This is an entity that was founded just about 30 years ago for the purpose of of defending and advancing authentic Catholic education, faithful Catholic education. And so, you know, we we live in a fallen world, uh, and as a result, um, unfortunately, as human beings, we're not necessarily going to fully uh, carry out The goodness in this case of Catholic education, but I would uh, go to the Cardinal Newman Society website. Uh, There are wonderful resources there, and simply point those running the schools uh, to those resources. Of course, these resources also apply to those who are homeschooling. I know uh, in your state there are many, many homeschooling networks which are wonderful. But ultimately, it's you know our life is. Uh, a, a gift every day. And the objective is to help us fully appreciate uh, the, the beautiful blessings that surround us every day.
1: The challenge I'd like to leave people with as we're looking back to the issue of value and you emphasize Catholic education is so important, you know, having this eternal destiny in mind, that value again starts with understanding that I myself as a person has value. And we've talked with many of the Catholic therapists that have come on the show talking about how sometimes it, The problem is that we ourselves don't view ourselves as being valuable. We lacked that affirmation growing up. And when we lack that affirmation and we lack that understanding of our own value, we forget that the money we spend has value. Media has value. The power, whatever it might be as biggest or small has value. Our family has value. So, Parting words, Michael, on the idea of how we can implement more self-control, whether it be investing or in these other areas of value and power.
2: Oh, sure. So I, I think that there's a real need for all of us to carve out time in our day to pause, reflect, and pray. And it's it's in those moments that we can receive a greater awareness of what God's purpose is in our life, how we are to interact with each other and how we are to use the wonderful resources that are made available to us, the clean air, the clean water, the opportunity to uh, attend a library and through the books go anywhere in the world. And so if we take the time to pause, pray, and reflect, uh, hopefully we adopt an attitude of gratitude and take that out to others and literally encourage others. And when we do that, you know, we realize that our life does have purpose, and how we interact with others helps them realize that, too.
1: Michael, I know you'll be traveling here pretty soon to speak at a couple of pretty big events. Can you tell us where people can find you at those events?
2: Well, I think that uh, maybe the best way to find what I'm doing is to, I have a website uh, that's my name, Michael o Kenny dot com. so M-I-C-H-A-E-L-O-K-E-N-N-E-Y.com, and that'll have a listing of uh, where you can find
1: me awesome so be sure to check that out you can find links to michael Kenny and including his book in god we trust available at radiotrending.com including sending a link to this episode please share this episode and if you liked what you hear you can contact us under the contact page at radiotrending.com and let us know your thoughts
0: This has been Trending with Timmery. To book her to speak or learn more about her guests, visit radiotrending.com. That's radiotrending.com. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes.